we've repurposed our fellowship hall for student rooms. We've made incredible use of what we have back there for children. And we just have hit a point where we need more space. And these new rooms and these new spaces are going to be exactly what we need as we move forward in the years to come at Daring Church. I support Shift 22 because the future of Daring Church is our students. And that's the area that is at maximum capacity and growing. And we want to continue to see that growth. Um, we want to foster those students forward toward Jesus as they go and with students bring forth families and just need more space. So I definitely support Shift 22. When you think about the definition of shift and what it means, it means to move or change. And so think about the reason that we all come to church uh, is typically to change or have a movement. And so shift 22 just means for us to move, get uncomfortable, or change. So really, that's what shift 22 and why I support it. I am so excited about Shift 22. Um, I, was, I met with a main group um, in the summer of 2020 um, to kind of gather together what they wanted and the direction our church wanted to move forward in. I appreciate the thoughtfulness of the leadership to wait as we move through these past two years, but I feel like now we are ready, and everyone that I spoke with and all the groups echoed that we did need to expand our church and to move forward in this direction. When I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the future of this church. I look around and I see now that we are maintaining the spiritual growth of our congregation, but as things change, we're going to see that our population is changing. Walk around, look at the children's church, the students' church, see where that growth is going to be. That is our future, and I want you to think about that future also. You know, as I look out the front of the church, I just see two new schools and hundreds of new homes going up. And I can't help but think that there's going to be hundreds of children and families that need to have their spiritual needs met. And as I think about the mission of Journey, where we uh, encounter God, I don't know about you guys, but singing blessings over you is exhausting. Anyone else feel that after that song? That's just one of those you got to put everything into, and uh, I'm tired. So, uh, well, welcome. Last week, uh, Sheldon started, uh, I guess, I don't know about a series, but this presentation on Shift uh, 22 and the new vision for our church. And we ended last week uh, with some Q&A, and we want to start off with that again. You may have noticed, or maybe you didn't notice, but at 10.15 during worship, 
Uh, everybody in here that is a member received another text message with a link um, to the survey where you can ask any questions that you want to ask. Um, we want to start. About shift 22. Yes, about shift 22, not just in not a free for all. Um, we want to be we want to be clear. Um, so we're going to start uh, with some of the questions that were asked uh, following the service last week that we did not get to, and we have quite a few, so we're probably going to go. Uh, through this fairly quickly. Uh, so Sheldon, the first one says, what about security or safety? Will there be a safety room? Yeah, so we try to take, uh, we never call it security here. We try to call it safety. We just feel that's a, a better term, a better word for what we're trying to do. Um, but obviously with more facilities uh, comes more, uh, I don't want to say risk because that's maybe a bad word, but there just comes, there needs to be a little bit more oversight. And so um, there, there will definitely be some, some placement in the new building to make sure that we're able to keep uh, especially our, our kids and our students safe. Uh, Y'all are the third priority. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll def we'll definitely have to do a bit with that and, and try to have a look through that as well. And then I'm going to kind of group several questions together. Uh, several of you asked sort of some fundraising type questions, whether that be, you know, uh, these kids in, in their sports, they have, you know, a lot of times they're, you know, they're Blue Sky and Blue Sky gives X amount percent on an evening and things like that. And then someone else mentioned Amazon Smile. So, Tommy, if you'll put that next slide up there, we've actually already set this up. Uh, those of you that uh, use Amazon regularly, and if, uh, if you do, you, you already are familiar with Am Amazon Smile. But on the app on your phone, uh, in the search bar, you can just type Amazon Smile. And when you do that, what that does is that brings up kind of a whole different section of Amazon. And then within Amazon Smile, you can search for Journey Church Amarillo. And what this does, once you set this up, is that every purchase you make in Amazon, Amazon donates a, a portion of that to a nonprofit. Uh, so if you will select Journey Church as your nonprofit, um, and all of us do that together, then basically once a quarter, they send us a check for you shopping. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so set that up. It's very easy. Just search Amazon Smile uh, in the app or on your desktop, however you do it, and then set Journey Church Amarillo um, as your nonprofit that you want to uh, have Amazon donate to. So uh, we are looking at multiple ways to raise money. Um, so this is just one quick and very simple, easy way. And, I, and I'll talk more about that. Um, we start a giving series on February 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, share a lot of these things, so we will cover some of that fundraising. That'll be interesting. All right, great. Uh, we had a couple of uh, of questions asked. Uh, you can bring those back on, Shauna. Um, and thank you for coming. Yeah. Have a wonderful week. <laughs> it's like the Grammys. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only without the talent. Only without the talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple people asked uh, what we were gonna do if we we're gonna continue to use the cross that uh, Elmer Edwards. Uh, made. Yeah, um, and I think there were two questions. There's uh -huh. one about the flagpole, one about the um, the, the cross. These are things that uh, we will we will keep. There's there's no uh, plans to get rid of either or, or some of the things around the building. We may use them in different spots. We're not quite sure yet, but yes, they'll uh, they will be used. Um, yeah, someone specifically asked about the flagpole and it wasn't yeah. on the rendering. It's it's there and it yeah. The reason why there's there. no flag on it right now is because the pulley system is broken. And we're waiting on. Uh, so it's windy out here. Parts. It's a little windy, a little brisk, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get that repaired here in the next. Yeah, that was a, a hurricane flag. Yeah. I mean, it can't withstand the Panhandle of Texas. So, um, 
All right. Um, is there a plan to pay off the current mortgage debt first? You know, I don't know. Um, I think a lot of that determines. Uh, we do have a current uh, mortgage on this building of about, I think it's about 350000 um, Now, I know a lot of people say, well, your endowment almost matches that, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, we also realize that there's a way to do these things. I think, uh, ideally, I would love nothing more than for us to be a debt-free city. And it might be part of the priority that people say, hey, we want to give off, uh, pay that off first and give to that first, uh, which we definitely can do. With interest rates being what they are, uh, sometimes it's easier to just roll those loans into a new mortgage and put a new amount down and uh, still cover exactly where we are. It doesn't really make too much difference. But um, that's definitely something I'll be certainly considering. All right. Uh, someone asked um, specifically because they had been through this type process before at another church, went through a big build, uh, poured a lot of money into the build, and then saw ministries and cut uh, staff even laid off because uh, the church could not afford to continue to do that and have this new building. So uh, they wanted to make sure that that wasn't going to happen here. Yeah, well, we are making some cuts. Yeah, sorry. Um, but uh, no, uh, we're, we're definitely going to, we're, we're definitely, uh, we want to be a church that's able to sustain whatever we do. Uh, when, I, when I talk about our giving series, I'm specifically going to address this. Because a lot of people maybe give a little bit to church, or, and then you give them a project, and they'll write a check, and they'll say, hey, we're happy to give, you know, several hundred or maybe even several thousand dollars. But they don't consistently give to the church, which makes it very hard for us to do that. Everything that we're doing in this project is about remaining sustainable with a, as we grow. Our goal is never, listen, during COVID and during, you know, times of, of, of whatever else, not one person missed a paycheck, not one person did that. Our number one priority at this church is not buildings, it's people. Um, and if we are going to overbuild so we have to cut people, then we shouldn't build that, okay? Um, and we're going to talk through that. I'm going to share with you how we don't ever have to do that. Listen, I know, I know churches go through tough times. I'm going to talk about that a little bit today, actually. Um, and people step up and help, but we never want to be in a position where we've got to decide between paying a person and paying the light bill. Um, I think that's an awful place for churches to, to get to. I understand maybe there's some challenges there, but we want to have those conversations before that ever happened, not after. So uh, we will talk about that a little bit more. Uh, great question here. Will the coffee bar stay free, or is it going to be a paid one like other churches? And I think that all depends on how much you give. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, we never, we, we never want to be, we always just want to be hospitable people, and so hospitality and welcoming people well is part of, is part of that ministry. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't see why we would start charging for that, to be honest. Uh, but next week, actually, we're going to start. Um, what about lighting in the parking lot? Uh, we're working on that. One of the challenges that we have is power to our parking lot, but uh, we are in a process when we change our signs. We have put some uh, bigger spotlights on the side of the buildings, there's about uh, four or five around the building that kind of shoot that light out a little further. We are kind of in a dark spot, uh, but if we do parking lots, some of that is retrofitting, and we would love to add more lighting um, to, to our church parking lots. So that is coming. We've kind of done some fixes with what we can do now, but long term, yes, uh, we'd like to have a well-lit parking lot. Uh, and then someone wanted to know, how many years will the mortgage loan be? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know yet. I think traditionally our current loan is what, 30 years? Yeah. So I think that there's pretty traditional. Well, again, that depends. I mean, seriously, it's not a joke. It depends on how much is given. Yeah, it does. And it also, the, uh, the church interest rates are a little better than uh, personal interest rates. 
and so sometimes it's it's in our best interest to uh, to spread it out a little further. But we'll uh, we haven't quite got there yet. But we'll see. And then someone asked, this sort of I guess has to do with Shift 22. How many members do we have? I do not know. I, I don't know the answer to that either. Uh, we probably tell you. Um, if I had to guess, um, I would say probably around 300. Yeah. Members. Now we we have uh, taken some people off our roster. Uh, you were part of that big call project we did right before Christmas and right before the Christmas Eve service. We did have conversations with as many of our members as we could, the ones that we hadn't seen in a while, and encouraging people to be a part if they still want to be considered. Um, some people have moved on, um, and and we're kind of uh, coming back to to kind of a smaller core group. But I would say I think our membership has been up to about 400, 375. 400 prior, um, but uh, yeah, we're probably down a little bit. I'd say 300 is probably close. Uh, that actually, uh, that covers all of them now. You can still send questions in. Sheldon, over the, the coming weeks, even though he's not going to continue to just specifically talk about Shift 22 every Sunday, uh, I would imagine probably each week if there's any questions yeah. that come in, you're going to um, address those. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Uh, so you saw a video um, of our leadership and why they should support Shift 22. It's a lot of S's. Um, and so I, wanna, I want you to hear from our staff now. So watch this. Hey, church. I hope you're as excited for Shift 22 as I am. You know, last week, Sheldon laid out the plans for Shift 22 and for the future of our church. Building a new building that has a new worship center has obvious positives for our worship I want you to hear from our staff and our pastor and let them tell you just how Shift 22 is going to impact their ministry. Last week, Sheldon mentioned how we need to build a legacy. Now, it's not a legacy of mine or of his or even us as a collective group of people. But it's about building something that will last. Building something that will be here for our kids and our grandkids and for future generations to come. We want to do something that's bigger than us. Please listen to our pastors and staff as they explain and share with you just what Shift 22 means to them. God has entrusted me with the group and the care team ministry. So how will Shift 22 be beneficial to you, ministry? We currently have 13 groups with several of them meeting on Wednesday nights. More space to allow us to have more flexibility for more groups to meet and connect for fellowship and discipleship. It's not just about Wednesday nights, though. Just having adequate space to seat more people, as in a fellowship hall, for example, celebrating our volunteers, having receptions, funeral meals, gatherings of this nature have always made the church here so special. As this area around our church continues to grow, God can use Shift 22 to bring new life to the current building and by opening up new avenues for those in this area to see the church home and for those seeking to know more about this Jesus whom we love, serve, and pray for. I'm so excited for the vision for Shift 22. It's going to create so much more space for our families and for us to be able to host kids' events. One of the things I'm very excited about for Shift 22 is our music as a whole. People tell me all the time that they've never even thought to stop at Jersey because it looks like a little old-fashioned community church. But once they walk in the doors, they realize that we're actually exactly what they're looking for. 
I can't wait for new families to walk through that door, new kids and new students that we can reach. God will do amazing things through us, and I think I'm most excited to see what those things are. We in Journey students are excited for Shift 22 because we get to revamp our rooms and have a space all to ourselves that are for the students. And then once the build is done, we'll have the worship center now so they can have an area to play basketball and hang out with their friends and have fellowship and food. So we're very excited for what's coming for Journey. encourage you guys in the uh, in the coming the coming weeks um, maybe you'll go back last week as we share a little bit more about this um, one of the things that I'd encourage you to do is maybe go and watch last week's service most of it is this and obviously this is just a little video tour for those of you that maybe have not seen it yet we will make this available on our website and Facebook and other places but it just kind of shows that as we refinish uh, the front of the building which I'll talk about in a minute the goal is to build a new worship space so that we can repurpose this worship space, the front half of it for our students, for their worship, uh, for their worship time, and the back half for kind of a fellowship and group space as well where we can host some events. Also, if we ever had smaller weddings or smaller funerals, it allows us uh, a, lot of these, a lot of these opportunities. Uh, obviously, the front of the building would look entirely different, and we're going to start some of those projects here in, uh, in the next few months. We're going to start to see changes. The number one will probably be that the outside of our building will begin to change. Uh, some of the rooms inside our building will begin to change, and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get to experience that and, and be a part of it. And obviously, there's something really exciting about coming into a new space where we actually have some lobby space, a coffee bar, a uh, welcome booth, uh, some of these other places that we're going to be able to uh, really have a wonderful face for people in our community, that people will not drive by our church and saying, we made some assumptions and that's why we're not there. Oh, that's why we didn't stop, because we thought you were something different. And like Judy said, we have a lot of people that come in with young families and say, this is exactly what we've been looking for. And, and that's why even though maybe uh, some of the numbers and us trying to be transparent, uh, you know, we have, we have definitely lost some, lo lost some people and not everybody will go there with us, as we've kind of told you. Um, but the people that do come tend to stay and tend to put down some roots and, and make this their, their church home. Um, so you guys can just kind of continue to watch this. I appreciate our leadership taking the time uh, to sit in front of the camera. It's not always that easy or fun uh, to do that, but just share their heart in a way that uh, lets you see kind of behind the curtain about where their support is. And then our staff uh, sharing some of the great things that can happen in students in children, with our groups ministry, uh, the way that we care for people, and ultimately, I would say, uh, disciple people, and just some of this space allows us the opportunity uh, to do that. I'll let you watch the rest of this, and then... See the worship center, the lobby, on the right-hand side, some, some offices, some common rooms uh, that people can use for multiple things. And then if you look back there, you can see how the parking lot wraps around the entire building and uh, has some access points to that, uh, to that main road. But if we talk about uh, Journey, and if you've got one of these shift booklets, please take one. 
it, it kind of outlines these three chapters that we're doing. The first one being what we call revitalize, the outside of the building uh, that we're going to get started on because we do have some money for that. The second chapter, which is the big chapter, that's about building. It's about putting up a new worship center. And then, and then the third chapter, and that's obviously the big one, but then the third chapter is about revisioning some of the spaces that we currently have. As I shared with you last week, uh, our leadership has been saving for an endowment fund, which is about almost $350,000. Uh, so we're not starting at zero, and it allows us to do many of these things as we need to. Now, the, the only thing I want to add to is last week we gave people that left a pledge card. And I've had several phone calls this week um, here. And some of you maybe have read this and you've looked at the giving part or the giving circles. This is my encouragement to you. Don't fill out your pledge card just yet. If you already know and you're good and you say this is what we're going to do, don't fill that out just yet. Wait until I do the giving series on uh, February 13th, 20th, and 27th. And then after that, you can, you can fill it out. Now, if you want to start giving to that, that's fine. In the meantime, we ask that you just continue to faithfully give to this church. But we're going to talk about these things uh, in the coming weeks and hopefully frame why we want to do them that way. One of the things I talked about last week is that we do have a new service time at 10 a.m., which you're at right now. Um, and it's one of those things that coming together. Isn't it great when people are singing and this room is pretty full? Uh, there's some energy about that. And it's not a permanent thing. We don't ever want to just say we have one service forever and that's how big our church gets. But right now we feel that for this season, this is the right move for where we are to kind of come together as we launch out into the next thing. Now, today's a day of videos, and I promise you this is, uh, I think, the second to last one or the last one. Um, but you can go ahead and start that, Tommy. When, when we did a Survey Monkey uh, back in, in late uh, 2021, where we were affirming our leadership, we asked you to share some things, like what do you like or love about Journey, as well as some things that we could grow in. And it might be hard to watch this, but if you, if you um, go online later, you can pause it, read every response. But these are all the responses uh, that we got here. And we just want to share them, share them with you. Wonderful pastor. There you go. That's the one. I know this is fast, but um, a lot of people said it's a great community. It's got great worship, great children's ministry. Uh, that we love the family environment uh, in this in this place. Uh, we're one, one big family. We've had many people that said Journey is just our home, which is uh, obviously what that's kind of like the staff, whoever wrote that at the end. what it was until I came here. That's a lovely, lovely space. And here's some of the what do you long for or wish to see at Journey. Um, this was a longer list. Getting to know people in the church was, uh, was a big one. more a lot more 
people, more kids, more community, more members. Love that organic growth. Not just a bigger church, but people to be in relationship with Jesus. More old hymns being sung, thrown into the mix of songs. <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk through more of these kind of as we go. As you guys know, uh, our, our, mission, uh, our mission as a church is to, for people to encounter Jesus, to engage together, and to empower change. That's what we're all about. We want people that come through these doors to meet Jesus. And we want people to feel like they're a part of a community by engaging together. And the whole goal is for transformation, for us to become more like Christ, and maybe for us to become more like each other and to walk together as, as a family. Uh, for some people, they've been on this journey for a long time. Uh, for other people, they're about to start it. And I want to remind you that next week is a baptism Sunday, and we're going to offer you a time. For those of you that have not yet signed up that want to be baptized, you can next week. We're also going to give you a time during the service uh, that you can come and be a part of that as well. Um, but we want people's lives to be changed. We believe that a huge part of that change is the moment that people make the commitment of baptism. And we want everybody in our church, every child that comes up through the ministry, every adult that is here to walk through that covenant with us as we, as we, engage, as we engage together in this place. You know, there's something very, very powerful about Bible stories. When we tell stories, everybody loves a good story. I've never met anybody that goes, I hate stories. Everybody loves stories. And maybe the reason why we love Bible stories is because they, they somehow touch our lives and affect how we see the world. That sometimes we can see ourselves in a character, Peter. We can, we can see ourselves in the story. We could, we could close our eyes and imagine watching Jesus touch a young child or, or do something like that. We love the power of stories, and most of our lives are a string of stories. But Jesus doesn't say he just wants things to be stories. Jesus uses the language. He talks about the power of witness. And he says, I don't just want you to be storytellers. I want you to be witnesses. I want to read two passages of scripture today that talk about this idea. The first one is found in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, talking about community. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, talking about this idea that we are in this together, that we are all witnesses. That is the calling of the church. And Jesus uses this language in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. It says, Jesus said to them, 
It is not for you to know the dates and the time the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it says, after this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Maybe this is the same as as the moment of the Great Commission. Go and make disciples, as Matthew would put it at the end of his gospel. Jesus says, you are going to be witnesses. You are going to share what you have seen with the world that needs to know me. Uh, what I've seen, what I, what, what, what I estimate, is that as people, you either give witness or you bear witness. It's kind of a weird thing. If you, if you see a crime being committed, they call a bunch of eyewitnesses together. Yeah, he was, you know, six foot five with a fedora hat and red shoes. You know, you, you give an account of what you've seen. And giving witness is one thing. It's about speaking what you have seen. But bearing witness is a lot deeper. The difference between you either speak witness or you live witness. I think Jesus is talking not only about the first part. He's saying, not only do you go out and tell people what you've seen, but your life needs to reflect what my life has reflected. Witnessing people and sharing that witness is a big part of what we as pastors try to do with the Bible, but also with our church. I want to tell you a little sidebar here. There's an unspoken burden that pastors have to carry. See, part of our job is we have to be there in the worst of times for people. And sometimes those people, they pass from one life to the next. And pastors have to carry the burden of burying their people. Nobody really talks about it. It's just part of the job, and you become a little desensitized to it, although every now and then, one or two of those will stay with you for a while. In my ministry career of a little over, you know, about 22, 23 years, I probably buried between four and 500 people. In the last seven years of being here, I've buried these 19. Some of these are people that you knew that you remember, maybe that you miss. Maybe some of them are your family, your friends. And when we get to the end of those services, we try to bear witness to their lives that ultimately bear witness to Jesus. It's so much better to do funerals. In the same amount of time, I've probably done about 50 funerals just in the communities but these are the 19 from our church. We miss these people. They were mostly good people. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's a couple of names on there. No, they were good people. They meant something to us. But you know, we need to tell the stories of legacy. It's something that we should do. And so today I want to tell you just a few stories of legacy, and then we'll, we'll be done. About eight years ago, Charlie Jones called me and says, I want to do something unique. We 
we've got this little church that was then named Hollywood Road Community Church. He says, my time to sort of step aside is coming, and I want somebody to step in and do something that nobody's ever seen. I, w- I want somebody to step in and vision what this church can be. And over the course of the next few years, we became Journey Church, and there is a great debt of gratitude to, that this church owes to Charles and Francis Jones for what they have done, for what they had the foresight to do. Uh, Charlie never micromanaged me. He handed it to me. He never stood in my way. He always supported him. He and I had conversations behind the scenes. He was an incredible leader of this church, and he is a lot of the reason why we are here today and able to do what we did and what we are doing. There's something powerful about their story, and we need to tell them that a lot more. When Shift 22 started to come on the horizon, and when when the future of the church started to happen, and want to talk about the idea of legacy, some people, some conversations happened, and please understand today, the stories that I share are not to exclude others, because I know there are many more of these stories that I will tell in the future days. But I want to point out a few stories today, because I think it matters to people that believe in this idea of legacy. About six or seven months ago, a couple came to me and said, we've gone through some changing in our lives, shifting of our own, if you will. We've sold some business ventures that we have, but we want to be faithful people to the community of Christ, and we want to bless Journey Church with a tithe of all the money that we have received from these ventures. And so... About six or seven months ago, there was a gift of over $100,000 given to this church by Michael and Judy Matthews. They stepped up. They said, we want it to be about legacy. We know we're not going to be around forever, but we want to give in huge ways. There's another story of a man whose wife's name was on that list. And within the, about a month after his wife passed, sold her vehicle and he brought a check to the church and he said I want to give this in honor of my wife and for the future of this church several thousand dollars that man was Charles McClure in honor of his wife Margie Uh, there's other people that at the end of every year they give they give big donations or they have money to give and I've had conversations with these people and those donations help us to do things some people give some big offerings at the end of the year and a few of those people Clara Crump does that every single year and it blesses our church James and Mindy Hopkins do that every single year and it blesses our church about four or five years ago our church went through a very difficult time where we were making some changes and we were building and not everybody wanted to go there with us and some people left very badly and said we will not be a part of this and it put our church into a little bit of a financial difficulty and I preached a sermon and I was just transparent about it and a few days later Gene and Jeannie Reynolds came up to the church with a large check that helped us sustain to get to where we are today and I could tell more stories and more stories and more stories stories of people who got bonuses and said, we're going to tithe the biggest amount we've ever tithed 
because we're able to do that. I've, I've stories of people that said, we're going to step up. We're going we're, we're to try to outgive God. And we have this conversation, and I want to share these stories, but I want you to know that there are people that have been giving to this and sharing in this even before we ever shared it with you. I have some pastor friends, and there's a group of us pastors that get together and we do things. Pastor from Encounter Church named Joe Dwyer, who I'm good friends with, came to me this week and handed me a check. And he said, we believe in what you're doing. And we want to partner with you. Because we believe the kingdom of God needs to break forth even more where you are. They're on Tascosa Road on the other side of town. Incidentally, if you're looking for a good church, great church I'd recommend you to go to. Live close to that side. Something is happening. Maybe the, the overarching question is, what will be your legacy? We, we sang a song about blessing today, didn't we? For your families and your children and their children and their children. And we need to ask ourselves this question, what will be my legacy? What will be your legacy? What will our legacy be? In, in 100 years, most of us adults, we're not going to be here anymore. We're not building a church so that I can be the pastor of a bigger church or a smarter church or a nicer church. We're building this for the next pastor and the one after that, the one that will lead your kids and your grandkids. We're building a legacy, not a building. We're building a space for people. We're not building a monument or a pyramid. And for us to be a part of it, the goal of this is so that more people can encounter Jesus, that more people can have communities to walk with, and that more people will be transformed into the image of God. And we're going to lead that charge. Or we're not. We're not going to ask you to do something that is beyond your power. But God always pushes us to the ragged edge where he does his best work. And so I hope that deep in your heart today, you will see the value of what we're doing that as we unfold this in the coming weeks, that the language of legacy, I pray that God will wake you up in the middle of the night and say, what's your legacy? When you look at your kids and you're yelling them to bed like we do every night in our house, our staff was talking about that this week. Yeah, but, but we want legacy. We want our kids to achieve more, to have more, and most importantly, we want our, our kids to walk with Jesus. I hope that in the coming weeks you'll be prayerful for us as we try to make decisions for this church for the people that are not yet here because it is all about you so Father today just pray that you would instill in our lives and in our hearts uh, the power of what this can do God thank you for so many faithful people and, and I wish I had time to just tell all the stories God, thank you for people who have stood in the gap, for people who have given in faith, for people who have said, hey, this is bigger than me. Father, thank you for, for the blessing of this church. May you fill us all with your presence. Allow us to be light and salt to a world.